anyone's ever worked on TV here before? Here, you see, he gets penetration right there. Foul mouth football with your hoes. Thank you so much for joining us at Foul Mouth Football today. We're going to be talking about everyone's favorite time in their life, college. College football is quickly approaching, so we're going to provide our college football preview. There's also another major sporting event going on right now. I don't know if anyone's been watching it, uh, the Olympics in Rio. So, yeah, we'll give some coverage to that as well. So, I mean, kick things off, college football pun intended. Uh, does anyone have any, any college, college stories that they want to reflect on before we kind of dive in? Rick, I think you would probably take the cake in terms of uh, college stories. So I'm going to nominate you to uh, tell your personal favorite. Um, I don't remember most of college, so I can't. <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing it right, son. I mean, I, I want to provide like a brief before we get into football. Just a brief, like co- not just a college football preview, but like a college in general preview. In all seriousness, like, what, what are some life lessons? What what schools should you go to? What majors should you pick? Don't be a liberal arts major. That should yeah. be uh, rule number one. Don't be a liberal or a liberal arts major. Rule number one. <laughs> yeah, so. both are just bad. So. Both are terrible. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think business should be your floor in terms of degree. Like, don't go anything easier than business because then you're fucking up. <laughs> business anything is for the dumb harder. kids that business is like for the dumb kids that still want jobs. And then that's with three business majors uh, on the line here, former business majors. <laughs> I, I think yeah. you know it speaks volumes that. We actually have, you know, we actually have jobs. If we went liberal arts route, then we'd probably be re- relying on this podcast for money, and therefore, like, you know, living under an overpass somewhere. Uh, so don't go to college, <laughs> and don't 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 take out too much for it. It might be better to go in state. Um, but it sucks. If you're from a shitty state, if you're like from West Virginia, I'm sorry, and man, like you're you're just going to an awful school, and your your future is just you're born the wrong time. It's like you might as well have been born in Somalia, to be honest. <laughs> it, it's it's free though. Their college is free, right? What West Virginia? Yeah, Bernie didn't get elected. Yeah, Bernie's not. What what? Where are you even hearing that from? No, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, like it's free or it's like ridiculously cheap. It's like you know, like two thousand dollars or something like per year or per semester or something. But yeah, when think, you're in the fuck hills of West Virginia, I, mean, <laughs> I think they barter yeah, with like, like pigs, pigs and cow shits currency in West Virginia. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can fuck an animal that's under a certain number of pounds in West Virginia legally. So, like, I would be I wouldn't be surprised if a WVU education was free because it is worthless. But <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong on that one. Even, yeah, even then, it's still like a net loss for the student there. I mean, it's oh, got to yeah. be. I feel like any Big Twelve school really just has like the worst academics outside of Texas. I mean, every single state that you fly over. I'm going to throw Nebraska in there, even though they are Big Ten now. Big 12 at heart. You know, all, all the, like, Oklahoma, you can't convince me that, like, those states even have funds to put together a decent university. Anybody that thinks Baylor is the only one with shit like that going on on their campus in Texas is out of their minds. Oh, yeah. Probably, all, all like, that's probably the least good. of a lot of concerns at Texas schools. <clears throat> I, I will say this. If you're going to school right now, if you're listening to this and you're a teenager, go go public. Uh you might take a hit in academics, but like end of the day, no, end of the day, like five years out of college, it's not going to really matter too much. If you're going to a decent public school, you're still got opportunities, and it's, it's more fun. Like there's no, there's not many big private schools you'll get that experience. You don't want to go to some like you know, like, like knob slobber private school. 
if you're getting into like an Ivy League or top you know tier institution, then yeah, go for it. But if you're looking for that like thirty thousand dollar in-state school that no one's ever heard of, that's private. Just go, just go to the big school, enjoy your sports, enjoy your better Greek life, enjoy actually having like a student body, and you know different than like what you experience in high school. Yeah, this, this small schools if you, are essentially high school 2.0, and I would, I would, I I did that for a year, and god damn did it suck. <laughs> and yeah, dude, I think you went to what Duquesne or Duquesne? You can't even spell it, it, that. Duquesne. It was the winning word. And, like, and they don't have college football either. So if you're, that's why I hate. You have, uh, you have these people that go to these like local schools that no one outside the states heard of, and you, you just like hop on. And you're like an Alabama fan. You don't have any like loyalties. Hey, hey, I'll uh, I'll disagree with you. Uh, Duquesne's Duquesne's did have a uh, college football team, um, and I recently saw an article that had him the top 100 teams of all time. <laughs> Clearly spit out by ESPN. The AP, <laughs> yeah. The, oh yeah, I think we'll we'll get to that later. That AP top. The fighting Duquesnes. I, I mean, I don't know. I, is there a hundred colleges with football teams in the U.S.? Like, Dude, there's Duquesne, like 120 you know. Division One. So, and De, there's yeah. no way Duquesne's a Division One. Maybe you're looking at like yeah. the, the, the one, top 100. Duquesne Maybe it's a deferred. Top 100 football programs in Upper Manhattan or wherever else Duquesne's from. Pittsburgh, but close enough. Uh, <laughs> Upper Manhattan. <laughs> don't don't uh, give it that much credit. Come on. <laughs> it, honestly, it could have been like it could have been a different Duquesne. There could be like two different Duquesnes in this country, and like they just wouldn't even know about each other. They're so goddamn small. Well, that's what hey, There's yeah. like Stanford, and then there's schools like Samford, where their you know goal is just to trick people into saying thinking they're from Stanford. Like that's if you're going to a private school. Don't go to one that sounds like a much better school. Don't go to Hotford. <laughs> Don't go to Samford, where people like eyes light up when you say the school, and then you have to correct them. Like, no, I'm actually not that smart. Sorry. Uh, so, Ryan, I actually know you're pretty opinionated about uh, one uh, nice Midwestern school that claims to be the Harvard of the Midwest. <laughs> Do you care to shed any light on that? There's there's many Harvard of the Midwest, so I want to see where you're going with this. Uh. Um, I was thinking uh, Southwest uh, Ohio. So, <laughs> Southwest Ohio. Ohio still, what, still, still guessing. No, Xavier. No, that's Central. Getting, getting closer. Cincinnati. Kind of. Oh, is it private schools? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Miami. Or is that there? Miami? It is. For oh God. God. Oh my God. That Miami's is such a piece of shit school. <laughs> Miami's for idiots. It's for uh, God. Miami sucks. I hate it. It's another example of like, once you say Miami, you're going to think Florida, and I don't care. And uh, I, I know Miami people. Like, give me give me an obnoxious Big Ten fan any day of the week, because at least, like, that's, you know, Miami, Big Ten people know. They, they, they know they're smart, but they know they don't pretend like they're, you know, a Yale grad or something. Miami, like, Oxford, they really legitimately consider themselves like a public Ivy, which is, you know, just an oxymoron in general. So they have the <laughs> academics of, like, a uh, Iowa, but they have the ego of, you know, a Cornell, like Andy uh, Bernard from The Office. Think about <laughs> them. Bernard dog. Well, like, wait, wait, so, so the, big, the most famous alum is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's really... And, uh, and yeah, how did he get from there? Yeah, that's like, that's really a smart, you know, player. Wait, so uh, just for correction, they, they really call themselves the Harvard of the Midwest, because I've never heard that before. I think I've, I've heard a few of 
um, so spout that off a couple times. God. I've heard public Ivy. There's there's a list of public Ivy schools which or like or yeah, at least like referring to themselves as like some but they're knockoff private, though, aren't they? I don't fucking know. I don't care. I don't. They, a lot of rich people go there though, so it's good good networking. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just rich, hot young girls is all. Good it place is. to find a wife for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will but, say this thing though that I've never met someone intelligent from Miami of Ohio, so. Or Ohio in general. Or Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, wait a minute now. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, okay, let's let's stop giving sage advice out and start getting into you know some football prognication. Prognostication, whatever the word is. Uh, what the hell are you trying to say? <laughs> prognostication. Prognostication. Prognostic- it has. Uh, De- 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 our new our new host name is Cody. Dickenese. <laughs> yeah, let's Duke let's Lanese. stay let's stay in you know the Midwest since you mentioned it, Cody. Um, Big Ten's a conference that has been you know kicked around in the past maybe ten years or so as the SEC emerged and you had teams you know like the Buckeyes really um, prior to getting uh, you know Urban Meyer they didn't have a reputation for showing up in a lot of these big games, especially against SEC programs. Michigan falling by the wayside, you know, Penn State, I don't even want to talk about. Um, the conference, the conference is a dump. But, yeah, yeah, so, but there's, now there's evidence, you know, that it's kind of ascending. Arguably, it might be the second best conference, you know, in college football going forward. Um, Michigan and Ohio State might, you know, challenge Alabama for that supremacy crown. Like, is there any, any hot takes on the future of this conference? I'm kind of a theory that I could see the Big Ten, you know, I like what they have with Ohio State. I like the new coach at uh, Penn State from Vanderbilt, uh, Franklin. Um, Nebraska, you know, some evidence that they might be kicking things up in the recruiting trail. I don't think they're going to challenge the SEC, but, I mean, I, I do think this is a conference that is going to get its second wind and kind of resemble what you saw in its heyday back, you know, in the 70s. Yeah, this conference seems to be – I mean, it's picking up steam here in the uh, in the last few years because of Ohio State, um, you know, their their success here recently. I think this year you really got to watch for Iowa. I know last year Iowa came just that close until they ran into a real team uh, and got the shit beat out of them. Um, look, Iowa's got another cake schedule this year. Their only tough games are Wisconsin and Michigan. They get them both at home. Um, so I think for at least this year and maybe even next year, Iowa will try to make some noise in that conference. But like you said, with Michigan back on the rise, with Michigan State recently coming into prominence and with yeah, Ohio State. State and with uh, um, Urban Meyer, uh, you know he's, he's not going to slow down on the recruiting trail. So uh, if Nebraska can, it can get back to their old ways, then the Big Ten becomes legitimate all over again. But yeah, this year I think you're going to start looking uh, with Michigan – Coming up from last season, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State both they both lost some players. Uh, Iowa and Michigan return more than they do, so I think that's who you're going to see this year. Um, come center stage, I think you'll see those two teams play twice this year. Yeah, Iowa, it, they're paper they're tiger. tricky, man. They, they they are paper tiger. I'm I'm with you, Ryan. Seriously, I mean, they seriously remind me of a much much shittier version of Boise State when they were <laughs> rolling back in the day. Like, they've got these easy schedules. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, sour fans as far as why Boise had some, some shitty schedules back in the day, but I don't, I don't understand, one, how Iowa is getting away with these schedules, 
and two, why they're being taken so seriously when every year they they crumble at the end. So I just I just really don't see how how there's a serious threat. They're going to be that team that's probably like halfway through the season, undefeated, rolling, like winning by two plus touchdowns every game. But I just don't buy them. Dude, it's funny you made the comparison. Like, it's it's funny you made the comparison, Ryan, that uh, Miami of Ohio has the academics of Iowa uh, because they play each other to kick off the year. Ooh. So, so we got a real clash of academics going uh, between Iowa and Miami of Ohio to get the year started. Just, I think, I just think it's nuts that the uh, like what really made Iowa's schedule easy is a like Nebraska has not panned out at all since joining the Big Ten. They've really been like that. That was a program that was just so dominant, you know, as early as you know the '90s, and they had a winning like a losing record last year. Um, and then you also have the fall of Wisconsin. They, 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 they're solid, like, but they, they are not the top five team they had, you know, back when they had some, um, some more of that talent with Kaepernick, uh, and some other, you know, some damn good players on that team. So it's just, not, there's really no one in the West division and, and the East is in comparison, just stacked. And that's why I want to say how dumb it is. Do you remember when they did the legends and leaders uh, as the two groups? Like, <laughs> God, that, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah. That was, that was good. That was, good was that? that was when they were shitty too. Like what's it a legend a and what's so 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 you're telling me that <laughs> telling me that Indiana football's like legend? <laughs> Rutgers, Purdue's a leader, but uh, well, like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. Fall, I mean, like you guys. One. Is this the year that Michigan kind of takes their own? I, I, I want to say so. They really impressed me last year some games. They lost some heartbreakers. Um, Ohio State's going to be good. It might come down to those two, and it has in the past. Is, that, is there a, take, a thing of Michigan-Iowa in that conference championship? Yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking. The only game I can see Iowa losing this year, they play Michigan. Tough. Well, but that's Northwestern. I mean, <laughs> sorry, Northwestern is just like, it's like Arkansas. Like, they're going to be good, maybe. Uh, you know, they can put together a good team on occasion, but they're not going to get past the big boys. Um, Iowa is, uh, they, they, they play at home against Wisconsin. They play at home against Michigan. It's their two toughest games of the year. Uh, I think Michigan's going to uh, take care of them in the regular season. Then again, uh, in the in the postseason, the Big Ten championship game. So I think that's who it comes down to. I'd be stunned if, well, I don't want to say I'll be stunned, but Urban Meyer lost so many guys. You know, you lost Zeke Elliott. Um, I think you know Braxton Miller left school. I, they lost some Joey Bosa. So they lost so many guys at Ohio State. I can't see them. I, they'll 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 stay top fifteen for the year, but they're not gonna they're not gonna stay at the top. Uh, do they still do they still have JT Barrett? I think he's supposed to be the starter. Yeah. Has he not been in college for like like ten years now? I feel like. I feel like he's been there forever. He's well. He was a freshman the year they won the championship. Yeah, so this is what year three. So this is, his, so this is his junior year. Yeah. Although funny story, I heard apparently Cardale Jones has has been just getting riveting reviews at Buffalo camp, and when I say riveting, it's used with <laughs> sarcasm. Yeah. No, I saw something. I think on Twitter it was like. Uh, he he was like forty yards off on a completion or something, and like hit some guy out of bounds. Like it was that bad. So I've heard similar. Yeah. Life. Well, he's got a national championship ring somehow. That's true. That's true. It goes to prove his overall idiocy because he could have left school after the championship game. He was getting comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger, and and now he's getting comparisons to like Byron Leftwich. Yeah, he would have been a first round pick easy. Yeah, absolutely. 
Byron Leftwich won't, I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> talking about some other... That's, uh, a, that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother podcast. God. That's going to be fun to watch the Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, one of those teams emerge. I mean, it's kind of almost a joke how these standings I, I think, are set up. I think any of the three could, could come out of that. Oh, that easily. Side. And and I think the conference is in good shape to send one of the uh, get one of those four playoff spots. Um, assuming one of those oh, teams yeah. can come out with. Absolutely. I think the Big Ten is going to be getting some serious favor, favorable rankings. Yeah, I mean, you already had I think three in the top ten with uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio, Ohio State. Between, like, I mean, I think it's between, well deserved though for those those programs. Yeah, I was going to say between like Big Big Ten, Big Twelve, and SEC, they're going to like dominate the. Top twenty-five, I would think. Yeah. So, so side note: what uh, Big Ten football experience, tailgating, going to games? What one to ten? What, what's your what's your strengths, weaknesses? You guys there? Anyone here has been? Yeah. Sorry, I like uh, lost you guys for a second. Yeah, I did too. I, yep, me too. Well, fuck you. I think so. <laughs> so, in terms of overall overall experience of being a, a football fan for the Big Ten. Where do you rank it? Like, if you're a big, you know, Big Ten fan, football fan, school, one to ten. What, what's what, the strengths, what's the, weaknesses? The criteria is anything: game, ten. game experience, tailgating, you know, alumni passion for the sport. So, on a scale from zero to SEC, like, are we saying then? SEC yeah. has to win this. I, I think Big Ten of all the conferences. I, I say it's a firm second. It's uh, the pros. You have, you know, maybe the second most passion fans behind the SEC. Good, good game day uh, atmosphere. You have these huge, huge alumni bases, huge fan support. So any city you go to, you're going to have you know big football fans. Uh, cons, tailgates are full of like boners that wear jerseys to games. Girls, <laughs> girls are the girls wear pale. like yeah, <laughs> they, they wear like t-shirts and jackets and yeah, uh, you can't like they, they, like, they like don't do their hair, don't wear makeup. Like they're they're yeah. likely feminists. They likely don't want you to be in their you life. Could, like you could get away with sweatpants at a big, uh, Big Ten tailgate. Have Carhartts on it. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> sounds. <laughs> right. I, I do think. I mean, I, I think there's some bucket list items. I've been to uh, several games uh, for Ohio State, the Horseshoe. I'm going to a game at the Big House this year. I'm looking forward to checking that out for sure. Um, I think Nebraska would be cool to check out. Been to Northwestern before. I, I have no intention to go to like Illinois or Purdue or anything like that, but. I mean, no doubts are fun. I mean, we're, we're, we're mocking them. Like, it's like, I mean, compared to SEC, you're going to have the shortcomings. But, like, give me give me Big Ten fans over, you know, the Big 12, like, the Hick Farmers and the ACC kind of <laughs> don't care as much, or the Pac-12 in general. So I, I'd say, like, a, you know, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. See, you, you, you say Hick Farmers for Big 12, but, like, I mean, I, Nebraska might be the outlier, but... I mean, I'd I'd say you could probably put just being at a Nebraska game has to be amazing because it's one of those schools where it's like, what what the fuck else are you gonna do when you're there? Like if you go to Nebraska, yeah, when you go to watch a football game in Nebraska, what the hell else? Everyone in town is going to go watch the Nebraska Cornhuskers play football. So, uh, you know, while while you rip on these so-called farmers and whatnot down south. Um, I, I'd say that's probably a pretty insane game experience to go see the Cornhuskers play, and that's not taking away from 
obviously the big house and uh, you know it being in Columbus or either of the Michigans, whatever the case is. Um, but with when you get a school where that's the only thing going on, it's got to be fucking awesome. Well, I think you'll see a strong correlation between fan support of like programs and just the lack of shit to do in the state. Like if you ever go to like UCLA is really good at basketball historically, uh, USC you know good for football, but they have problems putting you know ass like asses in the stands. Meanwhile, if you go to like an Ole Miss Mississippi State game, those guys get thrilled about going like seven and four and you know getting to some like Papa John's dot com bowl and losing to Alabama LSU <laughs> and like Arkansas, but they're still thrilled to do it. I, I was just saying like, there, like there's a ton of examples of just you know. States that have nothing going on. Same for Florida. Like when Tim Tebow is there, they're great. But like when he's not there, when uh, you Miami, Florida is suffering from attendance problems, like there's just too much stuff to do there. So I really don't care that much. Well, like, I will say this though: um, it, there's a difference in the fan and the quality of the game based on if there's student population there, or if there is just you know random people population there, because. You know the people, the locals who don't go to college but still are huge fans of the college sport. They're on the weirder side of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, you really don't see successful programs from like major urban populations either. You know, where you have those bodies that are that are older. I, now thinking about it, like what the top city school like programs, I guess Houston, Louisville, Cincinnati. Yeah. There's not a ton though. I mean, it's. The schools, like at least, if you look, go through the top twenty-five, the big schools are uh, usually like college towns. Yeah, well, they're the bigger schools too. All right, enough, enough Big Ten talk. Let's move. Let's do clockwise. Let's uh, move. <laughs> Atlantic Coast so, Conference. I was gonna this, say it's gotta be ACC. ACC was a conference that was absolutely just shit on back in the uh, maybe not, you know this time. Ten years ago, back when the Big East was kind of, or uh, you know, the Big East and the ACC were kind of trading blows, like what was the worst conference to have a BCS bid? This is when the ACC added Miami, Boston College, and uh, just got nothing there. Like as soon as Miami went from the Big East to the ACC, the program fell apart completely. And like this is you know, Florida State was kind of struggling. Clemson hasn't emerged yet. Both conferences were just pretty pretty terrible. But I mean, now you've seen the kind of. 180, especially with Florida State winning that championship, getting some legitimacy for that conference. Uh, Clemson, you know, fighting Alabama is about as good as you can last season. I, I think the ACC, it's it's definitely, I don't, I don't think it's ever going to, you know, compete with some of those, you know, something like the SEC or Big Big Ten, but it's definitely earned its place at the table now. Um, it's been Clemson versus Florida State the past few years. Is that is that the train you see continuing? Is there anyone that you know that can play spoiler? I, this year, the ACC, I think, is it's more up than it has been in recent years. Um, like you said, it's been so many years just, I don't want to say in complete irrelevance, but, I mean, that might just be the best word for it. Clemson and Florida State are national title contenders this year. Uh, those, those, That's absolutely the class. Um, but, you know, North Carolina could end up playing spoiler. Uh, Miami is on the rise. So just watch for those two teams. That Louisville obviously could could play a role in spoiling some. I, you know, Louisville's got a good football team, but I don't think they're quite on par with uh, Clemson and Florida State. So those two, then you know, Louisville, North Carolina, Miami could end up playing a role. But I think uh, overall, I think the reason the ACC gets kind of a bad rap, there's not as much consistency. I think within you know, like you'd get with the SEC. 
with your Alabamas and your LSUs and, and the Big Ten. Um, you know, you get your Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, those guys. They, they, they've been consistently good. Um, Florida State's really the only one, and Miami's, it's been so long since their glory days. Yeah, I mean, it's a basketball conference through and through. Um, I still think, you know, you have a lot of apathy for football. And, uh, and you know, schools like North Carolina and Louisville, they, they're, they're going to be good, but, I mean, they're not going to be, for a third and fourth best team in the conference, you know, you look around other leagues and their third and fourth best teams might be a, you know, resurgent kind of Tennessee or Ole Miss program or maybe something like, you know, Oklahoma State, a little better um Teams like Michigan State, so you do have a drop off after Florida State and Clemson. But I think really having two title contenders is what you need, and and honestly, it might be good for the conference overall because at the end of the day, people remember you know championships. And if Florida State and Clemson are playing each other, and one of those teams you know knocks the other one out, we don't know which one it will be, and there's no one else to challenge them, then you're going to have you know a really good shot of Florida State or Clemson emerging and getting that uh, top spot, you know, the BCS rankings into the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think it's look little like in the, in the ACC in general, just because I mean they've steadily improved. The leap to the ACC might have been a little tough the first year, but they've got a you know a very very good young quarterback. I think it's what Lamar Jackson, uh, kind of a dual threat type quarterback, really kills people with his feet. He's got a he's got a you know come around on the turnovers this year, but. I really think Louisville could be a sleeping giant just in general in the ACC, like in coming years. Well, and keep in mind with the ACC, you also get the ridiculous Notre Dame interference. So uh, something else to consider when you're when you're looking at that team or at that conference also. Yeah, the Notre Dame does have that weird spot. I agree with you on Louisville, though. I mean, Petrino, he turned Arkansas into a you know prime spot uh, in the SEC. Hard to do. He made Louisville in the forefront of football. About a decade ago, they have young talent there. They've they've won BCS games in the past. They're they're definitely a step, you know, below Clemson or Florida State, and they play those teams early, so we'll know what they're made of. But uh, you know, that's a team that I think if you look on paper, like I, I could easily make the case that they're better than a team like Iowa or you know a team like Houston. Um, that, that could be a top fifteen type team that's just being looked over right now. Rick, you got anything, buddy? <laughs> Shit. I keep, <laughs> muting, I keep muting my mic. No, uh, no, no, not really. Uh, no, you're fine, man. I'm just more fucking with you. <laughs> I see the, like, the U of L doesn't seem like it fits into this list. Does it? It's like, it seems like Georgia, I mean, I don't know how good Georgia Institute of Technology is. Probably not very, but that. They run what the weird ass, what's the system they run? That fucking like three running back or two quarterback bullshit or whatever it is. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, it's some like really fucked up weird system. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's it's pretty fucked up though. It's pretty gimmicky. Like when you get like a a pretty resilient defense, they normally figure it out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So ACC. Overall ACC experience as a football fan. If you're going uh, to ACC school. You gotta be that. You you wait till winter and you're, you do basketball. Honestly, like I'm sure it's fun, but I, I really can't see a uh, a Louisville or a Georgia Tech tailgate really being spectacular in comparison to these other schools. 
But I mean, dude, basketball season is pretty tight because you do have like five kind of top top programs there. Yeah, just tailgating basketball isn't no. really a thing. Clemson and Florida State probably put together some awesome tailgates, but uh, yeah, I mean, especially this year. But overall, just because of their climate, I'd imagine most years they do. Yeah, no, for, yeah, I mean, ACC like, is like uh, remember the Titans were that scene where it's like zero zero Titans. fun, sir. <laughs> ACC football, yeah, zero, yeah, exactly. Is, is ACC football fun? No, sir. Zero fun. <laughs> is it fun? No, not it's even a little fun. I'm gonna break my foot in your John Brown John Brown hind part, <laughs> and then you're gonna run a mile. And then you run a mile. <laughs> Oh, God. So I actually have a personal uh, story of uh, tailgating at Notre Dame, actually, even though they don't really seem like a, a very good fit uh, for the ACC. but So I've actually been there twice. Uh, this most recent time, I was there with uh, my now wife. At the time, she was just my fiance. But uh, anyways, we were talking about how like the Midwest just dresses like really shitty and the girls don't look very good or anything, so... My wife, obviously, you know, we went to SEC school, so we like to we like to look nice going to tailgates. But uh, so we we walk past this one tailgate, and there's a group of of college students, and my wife is very much eavesdropper, and so she's like listening to them talk. And as we walk by, she heard one of them say, "What bitch wears heels to a tailgate?" <laughs> and she just turned and just like was like. Uh, like I do, and <laughs> I just kept walking. Like we just did not know what to say at all. So <laughs> we uh, we felt very out of place. Uh, them Northerners don't know how to dress. Oh, no. I would love to see your yeah. wife's response to that. That's uh, <laughs> God, that's so funny. No, if people don't know how to dress, it's it's super. They wear like it's it's a t-shirt crowd. If you wear a t-shirt, yeah. you know, an SEC game, you're just one of the fans that didn't even go to the college. Um, I can't get. Be on the jersey. You're not a player. Don't wear a jersey to the game. Like I can do it for the NFL, just cause fuck it, foot like college football. But it or pro football, but like college football is a different experience. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying you know do the whole shirt and tie, like dressing like a pledge thing. But nothing, nothing beats the game day polo and you know some khaki shorts. Yeah, so, it's not even hard. Like just just try a little bit. Yeah. Just don't look like complete shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they literally go to games like how most people roll out of bed. Yeah, it's like, like what? Like, what are you like at the gym right before this? Like, what are you yeah, looking yeah. at? This, this is fine. <laughs> just got done lifting. Let's just roll over to the game. Real Let's quick. go to the game. Let's go to the game, bro. Oh man, uh, it's a good segue. We're going. We're talking will... SEC. Yeah. Oh, SEC. never mind. It's fine. We can keep no, rolling. Put, put more Notre Dame in there. I was just gonna say, like overall, Notre Dame's uh, tailgating it's it's fun. People are kind of weird, but uh, the campus is awesome. It's definitely somewhere you want to go and uh, see a game. I mean, the campus it looks like literally Hogwarts. Both times I've gone, there's like lightly like light snow on the ground. It's pretty awesome. And both believe in imaginary things, dude. I could do <laughs> as far as like religious schools go. I think Notre Dame would definitely be the best one. Like, God forbid you go to BYU, that'd be just that'd be. You came in like booze. I don't think you're allowed to drink like Pepsi at a BYU tailgate. <laughs> no, I feel like if you're down, I think if you want to make a Notre Dame trip this year, you could definitely get a you know an FMF Notre Dame episode or something. Just because yeah. I think that'd be that's a bucket list. I normally, yeah, mm-hmm. we did an Airbnb last time, like right next to the stadium, and uh, 
they actually even drove us over there. They're like, oh, we can drop you guys off. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. After this podcast, we might not be welcomed over there, though. <laughs> Duquesne's was a, that was a Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> Dude, Catholic, take Catholics ball hard. They have fun, so. Yeah, oh, no yeah. Denying that. They know how to throw a party. They just don't yeah. know how to dress, apparently. They just, yeah, they, to, don't. they just don't know how to dress. Dress like you're in church when you go to football, because... As, as Andrew will say, <laughs> yeah, it's the like, same the football thing. stadium is, yeah, it is the same thing. That's your chapel. <laughs> See, that's the difference. Like, in the South, like, you have the, the crazy Baptists, but when it comes to football, they dress in their nice church clothes. They go and worship at, at the at the stadium. Because, dude, the, the South the, is, like, a place where you want to be seen doing anything. It's That's just what people congregate around, you know? It's like, oh, if you were going to the football stadium or... If you're going out to like Target, like a guy dressed up, you know, <laughs> Betsy, Betsy from the back row of like the church choir might be there. Yeah, yeah, like, and maybe I'll I'll see Pastor Saban, and maybe I'll he'll say hey to me, and I'll look nice. God, dude, is, can anyone stop? All right, they're making the pivot now. SEC, I don't care what other stories you have. Anyone, SEC. All right, I love <laughs> SEC football, but like, let's be real. I think, what? in my opinion, it's boring as fuck. Uh, just because oh, number one, what? God, what a what? number one. I got, let me let me go my, my my three point plan here. One reason: one team dominates it. No fun watching Alabama win every year. You know, there's just no surprises. You know, it's not fun watching he's going to compete for third place in the SEC. Two, the style of play is just boring as fuck. Uh, you you, you know, the Big Twelve. You see these scores where Baylor, TCU are putting up sixty points. That's fun. You watch Alabama and LSU, it's, you know, just winning the game on the trenches, on the ground. So that sucks. And I don't even two have words. a third point. Those are my two points, though. Two-point plan. Two, two words. I, I only need two words. Rebuttal, all right? Iron Bowl. I was thinking roll tide. <laughs> War Eagle. <laughs> SEC fans can only remember two words at a time. Pig, Arkansas, pig, suey. <laughs> UK. Okay. Yeah. Go no, cats. just out of letters. They can't even do words. Vander, actually, you're on thing. Because Vanderbilt's things anchor down. LSU it is anch- go, go Tigers with the G-E-A-U-X. Yeah. I don't know what Ole Miss and Mississippi, they might, they might stick to one word down there. Just. <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's no chance because that, that's all they know. Is it a coincidence that uh, you know uh, Vanderbilt has like the hardest word to spell? <laughs> Anchor. Dude, I say we should get them out. Get get them out. Get Vanderbilt out of the SEC. They don't belong. We don't need. Oh my those god! Put them in the ACC. Leaders. They should be in the ACC. Yeah, they should switch with Clemson or Florida god, State. We need Clemson because Clemson. Those are some good time boys. And uh, and God, I I can't stand Missouri. I think we all know that. Yeah, they need to be out, out, out. out. Get them out. It's because well, when you look at that, you see anyone from the South can tell you it's half class, half trash. And when you go to like <laughs> schools like West Virginia and Missouri, those are like ninety percent trash and ten percent class. So I, I just don't think they belong. Well, and like the whole social aspect of Missouri, like all that shit that's going on, it, it, they just don't even need to be in any any sports right now. No, no one wants to claim them. No one wants any of that shit on their hands. All right, so SEC football, number 10, number 10, king of the castle, king of the castle of tailgating. 
I, have uh, a... I was thinking like 12 at least. <laughs> so you heard my <laughs> it's theory. All, it's off the Richter. You heard my theory earlier on like you know states with nothing to do having good football teams. Here's my other theory: is that there's a inverse correlation between how good a school is at football and how good they are academically. Because every SEC school <laughs> is, besides Vanderbilt, is like you, you have to go. So, like, so if you pull up in the you know AP top 100 football programs all time, the top 25 is full of uh, SEC schools. Like you know the top 100 is like all SEC. Meanwhile, if you go in the U.S. News top 100 academic rankings, I don't think there is an SEC school on the top 100. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Auburn because what they have like the vet, veterinarian school. Like, are they pretty good, or is it just their veterinarian program? Well, dude, when you start picking and choosing programs, it gets in. Yeah, that's that's cheating because Kentucky has like a top you know equine program, I'm sure, and Florida probably yeah. has some like swamp exploration program. <laughs> the thing is, does anyone even do Zika these fighting program? Zika. Uh, well, I think I think Georgia Georgia's actually Georgia and Florida are pretty solid. Uh, I mean, so the best in the SEC, like Georgia and Florida, is like bottom half in the Big Ten. I was gonna say it's still really bad. Like. <laughs> Like Georgia Tech is the school to go to in Georgia, and I, I, we're not even have to worry about like backlash on this because like SEC fans don't even podcast. It's podcasting. I think is something that I saw an NPR study on it that you know you have to have certain income, academic IQ level to enjoy. You have to know how to use a computer. SEC fans are the ones that you know when they're when they're doing their crossroad trucking trips, they're just like calling in and. And yelling on these AM radio stations. <laughs> like, a long-time listener, first-time caller, Bama Dan here. Roll damn time. Roll time. those damn trees. What do you think of See, all the chances this year? Oh, God, that 30 for 30 is crazy. He's like, well, why'd you do it? I just had too much Bama in me. <laughs> too much. It really is hilarious to sit there and listen to, especially Alabama fans really are. While the SECs, yes, the tailgates are wonderful, but... SEC fans really can be the worst because it's especially Alabama. They call into these shows and they just they it's it's just like, would you say about the tide? I'm gonna kick your ass, boy. And it's, <laughs> I'm gonna beat your mama red. I, I'm gonna whip your ass, Bama style. I swear. <laughs> and it, it's just like, okay, I, I have an opinion, and you're just not allowed to have one. I guess if you're in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, what you say about the tide? <laughs> When you can only hold a part-time job and you have all this time to call into these fancy radio shows on your <laughs> on your prepaid mobile phone, I feel so bad. It's like, it's like a vacation. I got a cell phone just so I can call me you on the radio. <laughs> there's so many diehard SEC football fans, but there's only so room for success at the top. And you know, you just have this Bama dynasty. You have LSU, who, like, you know, without question, in my mind, in the past seven years or so, has been the number two program in that uh, conference. And they're, like, talking about trying to get rid of Les Miles. Meanwhile, you have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia. These are all, you know, rabid fan base, rabid football fan base schools. And they're, they're, they're really, their ceiling every year is, like, eight wins and then having a bowl game getting shipped off to you know, Boise for, like, the Little Caesars Bowl or, <laughs> like, Mississippi for the Cotton Bowl or something, you know? Kind of a side note that's totally unrelated to any of this. Is there is there a coach more in college football that you'd love to have a beer with than Les Miles? 
Like, I, I often fantasize when I watch his uh, presses or press releases or whatever of just guzzling down like a nice 12 pack with less miles. Dude, I would love to guzzle down some 12 packs with uh, Nick Saban's daughter, though. <laughs> she might guzzle down your 12 pack. Yeah, she better. Hey, oh. Dude, I'd hang out with Bobby Petrino. He's a guy that has some fun. Oh God, you'd be doing well. Yeah, I don't think anybody asks him anymore what he does for entertainment. I think uh, <laughs> they've just determined they need to leave it alone. Why is it that like coaches always have hot daughters? It just makes no sense. Is it the money? Is it just like it's, people it's that are really wife. blessed in life, or just like even more? I, like you know, remember Charlie Weiss? Like what he looked like, kind of like a little gremlin. But I bet you he probably has a daughter, <laughs> and she's probably like a complete ten. Yeah, it's like the dude on. Uh... Parks and Rec, Jerry, like, he, like, just marries yeah. that hot-ass wife, and then all his kids are fucking just dimes, but he's, like, the ugliest dude in the world. It's, dude, it's, uh, it's the wife, when you, when you have the money. The yeah, I think comes. it's, yeah, you get a political marriage of just, like, some nice dime wife, and then you just pop out beautiful children that don't ever have to do anything. So, so, to get to actual football talk here, East and West... This conference has been carried for a while by the West, as we have the power players, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss recently. Uh, I, yeah, you know what? Fuck, we're not going to discuss this. Alabama's going to be the pick until proven otherwise here. Um, but the East, you've kind of seen some turmoil. You know, you had, like, Missouri had you know had a stand for a while there. Um, Tennessee Somehow, looking like this I, year. Yeah, how they yeah. made the how they made the the SEC championship two years in a row is nothing short of baffling. Well, the SEC East is very similar to the Big Ten, whatever West or whatever one I was in, where just like it's just all the backwater teams and and Missouri. I mean, props to them because whenever they came over, that was a program that you know no one thought would make the transition, and especially in a conference like the SEC where you think it would take a couple years to get the kind of talent needed to compete, and they just came in and you know bam. Conference championship, bam! Conference championship, uh, decent, you know, showings as good as you can do against some of those top, you know, programs like Bama. Um, but dude, like last year, it's, it's fun to watch the SEC last year because it's just so unpredictable. Like there's there, there's times when even schools like Kentucky kind of had a, a stab. You know, if they pulled off like a three win string, they could have yeah. done something. Um, I'm not sure. It'd be fun to see Tennessee because I, I think Tennessee's one of those schools that they've been down for long enough and they're definitely primed right now. And yeah, and I think college football in general is better when a school like Tennessee's just you know playing well. Tennessee this year, I think they've got a better chance than most years uh, that they've had here recently. I know back in the late '90s, Tennessee had a you know they had a decent team going. Really haven't been that good since this year. They they I think they're returning more starters than almost every team in the country. Um, so you know they got that going for them. Uh, I, I'm still not making any hot takes here. They're not going to win the SEC. Uh, I'm going with LSU, personally. I don't even think Alabama's going to be in the championship game, uh, and hence not in the top four. Um, I guess if you want to call that a hot take, that'll be, that can be one of mine. But I think LSU's a team to beat this year. Leonard Fournette is, uh, you know, I, I think he, he fell off at the end of last year. He's going to come back strong. And Alabama just, they've got, they got put through the ringer this year on the schedule. And I know Nick Saban can handle it, but they go to Ole Miss. They kick off the season with USC. I believe I might be wrong, but I think it's on a neutral field. They will trounce USC that game. I guess they probably will. I I agree, but could be could be tough. But I, I'm with you. I do think they they'll beat them. 
They go to Ole Miss, they go to Arkansas, they go to Tennessee, and they go to LSU. That's a lot of Jesus, really tough games terrible. on the road. Yeah, the only game at home, they get Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Mississippi State all at home, and uh, the Iron Bowls um, in Tuscaloosa this year. Ooh, so nice. their easiest their easiest games in conference are at home, but their worst ones are on the road. So they're they're not getting through all that unscathed, and they're not going to get beat just once. So uh, this year I'm going with LSU out of the SEC. Yeah, I mean the LSU's had those chances at home to take Bama down, and they really haven't capitalized. Uh, I mean, looking at schedule though, they do have that streak where they have at Arkansas, at Tennessee, A and M, then at LSU, um, and that's not including at Ole Miss. If they can get by, if they you know if they can take a loss early, it's not bad. All they have to do is just tie. But it's, I think it's going to come down to that Alabama LSU game, like it always does. And I'll be cheering for you. I'll be, I'll be cheering for uh, the Tigers there, just because it's kind of nice to have some diversity at the top. And uh, and also you, you mentioned you mentioned the schedule, but Western Kentucky is receiving votes right now, and and they're number two on the schedule. I mean, I'm not going to beat them, but that was pretty interesting. It could make for an interesting game, uh, but it's in. You know, I think it would be really interesting if that game was in Bowling Green, uh, but it's in Tuscaloosa. So not that that's shocking, but. <laughs> I mean, I, can you imagine the 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 hilltopper turnout if Alabama was coming to town? I mean, I you know I I'd say that one Western Kentucky might keep it within ten, but since it's in Alabama, yeah, it's gonna be a blowout. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that happening. And and Western Kentucky just lost their like fifth year starter quarterback that was like thirty five last year when he was playing. <laughs> He was really good, don't get me wrong, but like he should have moved on to better, bigger and better things. All right, so you got LSU, the rest of the league. Everyone else taking uh, Alabama. I'm taking – I don't want to do too boring, but I'll, I'll do Alabama-Tennessee SC Championship with Alabama coming through well, again. Well, yeah. I'm kind of leaning with Andrew because, I mean, Alabama is just not going to make it through that schedule without more than two losses. Like The best player on that field is going to be on LSU. Don't forget that. Oh game. yeah, but the, the the hold up for them has been Harris at, at quarterback. But I mean, basically, so I mean, if it comes down to LSU and Alabama, you got to think like Alabama is notoriously great at stopping the run, and Fournette is one of the best runners we've runners we've seen in the past you know five to ten years. So I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Tennessee gets lucky and they beat themselves up and sustain some weird injury, and I mean. Tennessee's got some good players. I mean, most games I, I think they play this year, they're going to have two of the best players on the field every every single time. I mean, they've got Dobbs and they've got, uh, what's his name, Jalen something. Anybody know the running back? Uh, yeah, I'm blinking on his name too. Shit. But he's really damn good. <laughs> really, <laughs> really damn good. No, I'm looking at No, I don't think that's it. I think he's number one. I just can't remember what it is. Jalen Hurd? Yeah, 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 that's him. Yeah, yeah that is. Yeah. Big boy, Do- Dobbs pounds, and Hurt six, is, is six foot four. I don't know. I don't know anything about their receivers or anything, <laughs> but like they normally have just some random huge ass receiver that's really good at. Something. When, <laughs> I, really I, fast, I love so. I love seeing running backs. They're like uh, six foot four, two hundred forty pounds. Reminds me of you know Jerome Bettis, uh, Michael Bush a couple years ago. It's fun players to watch. You just can't tackle and they plow you over. <laughs> Michael Bush. Right, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you decided that Michael Bush and Jerome Bettis belong <laughs> in the same category. Fuck you. Michael Bush is a Heisman <laughs> contender until he broke his leg. Dude, he was good in college. I'm cutting this Well, out he was playing when it was like 50 to nothing. Whose fault is that, actually? Yeah. Oh. 
in a rivalry game to boot, so poor guy. All right, so we give SD experience ten out of ten. We uh, some you know some disagreement with us. Uh, I'm saying I'm just thinking Bama. I, I, I'm just I've learned not to bet against Saban, but you know this if this is a year Elsie's going to do it. It's going to be this one. So they get him at home. Uh, you know Miles might be feeling some you know, heat on that chair. Maybe the players will play inspired ball. Yeah, I'm going LSU as well. Uh, I think my second choice would actually be Tennessee. I just really don't feel like Alabama is going to be the top dogs this because year. They just really, like reload and plug in players, and they, they do. They drop, they drop just, highs in running backs like you know, Richardson a couple years ago, and they pick yeah, up another one. Yeah, that is true. I'm sure we'll learn five more players that we want on our fantasy teams in the coming years. So now we're going to move, you know. A little more west, uh, pretty similar culturally sometimes to the SEC. You have programs like Arkansas that once were in the Big 12, uh, now in the SEC. You have programs like Missouri that were once Big 12, Texas A&M once Big 12, SEC. Um, I think those pro- programs are kind of happy they made the switch. Lots going on in the Big 12. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the conference. I think we should also talk about the conference realignment. They're looking around right now, and and I remember a couple years ago when that whole realignment was happening and it was looking like either them or the ACC were going to be the odd men out. And the Big 12, instead of being proactive, they just sat on their hands. They just were, I think we were a little greedy with that Texas network trying to you know, split money as little ways as possible. And uh, and now they're in a situation where they're stuck looking at like some serious garbage schools. I mean, they're, they're really thinking about adding Central Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, BYU to their conference like those those are they can those teams can put together some good years but those aren't when you think of a major conference you don't think of those schools i the the uh conference expansion for the big 12 is really gonna come full i'm trying to figure out what the i guess the correct phrase is we it'll really you'll, you'll see a lot the first weekend uh houston is a popular name being thrown around uh for the big 12's expansion and they open the season with oklahoma and Oklahoma is a very hot pick this year to win the championship. No boo. Uh, so they get they get Baker yeah, Mayfield. Yeah, they were last playing. year too. Every year. Last year I didn't think they were. No, that's not true. Last year they were they lost to Texas and were written off. Um, yeah, they, no, no, not going into the season. Like, but once they got to the once the, they got there, know, yeah, the playoffs, once they, got there. they were expected to win. Right. So they returned Baker Mayfield, who is really the one that got them there. Um, so Houston kicks off with Oklahoma. Um, and I believe they're playing in Houston. I don't think it's at Houston's field, um, but they are playing in Houston. So that game's going to be interesting. I think Houston's really going to be able to make a case for itself, not only in terms of Big 12, um, Big 12, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, just being being able to join that conference and compete. Uh, but overall, you know, Houston's got a schedule this year. They come out of the American, but they could really make the committee think about it this year. If they can roll through Oklahoma, roll through the American, they play Louisville at the end of the season. Um, they could really make it interesting. So, you know, I think the popular—they're actually thinking about adding four teams to the conference. Um, you know, BYU, Houston, Memphis, and Cincinnati seem to be the the four most popular names right now. It would certainly make the conference more interesting. They've been approved to play in a conference championship game. I don't think that's happening this year. 
Uh, I know there was an approval that they would be able to play one. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm excited for the expansion. I think whoever they add, it'll at least add something that the Big 12 is currently missing. Yeah, so I think the Houston's Big 12... Take, yeah, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, the Big 12 in general is just like... I, I can think of two of the biggest fuck-ups probably in the past five seasons for them is one, deciding not to have a conference championship. Like, I don't know if Bernie Sanders is running the Big 12, <laughs> and they just want they just want equality and, you know, no one wins, no champion. But that that's one of them that's hurt them in the past. Any TCU fans are definitely salty about that. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, you mentioned Louisville before. Like, why, oh, why did the Big 12 take bumfuck West Virginia over Louisville, who is on the rise right now? Like, West Virginia had those... You know, Pat White, Noel Devine, Steve Slayton teams, but they're definitely on the downfall. Yeah, well, I mean, so you know me, I'm the guy and the guy that I I love this kind of debate. And I remember the argument from Big 12 fans when they were looking at adding these schools. And, you know, you have some elitists kind of stuck up uh, because you're big schools like Louisville just because they're kind of shitty academically. Um, and it's like don't belong and and but it's kind of funny because like they had schools like me on the Big Twelve like Kansas Kansas State Iowa State I mean come on if we're not talking about world beaters <laughs> here but uh well then they added West Virginia like is that even <laughs> a no, step yeah, up like and I think the argument they made was they signed this grant of you know a, a GOR grant of rights uh to kind of keep school like, keep the whole Big Twelve teams you know away from uh being plucked so like if, if texas would have left for the pac-12 for example they'd like an oh fortune or the conference so they try to you know protect the conference they kept the 10 teams because with a longhorn network they can get enough money in um to not you know they wanted a small pot because if you had more teams in the pot then you're gonna yeah. not pay that much money out so like the, the this it was a short-term like greedy play but from like a you know strategy kind of game theory placement like if when it was, and it still might end up, you know, being just in the, you know, long-term four super conferences. You have to be proactive and grab these schools because if they would have grabbed Louisville and West Virginia, not just either or, Louisville, West Virginia, maybe a, uh, you know, BYU, Cincinnati, then the ACC's left with no one. Maybe like what Connecticut, and there's rumors at the time that you know Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina were looking to leave. If those football schools, mainly Clemson, Florida State, you know, were, were part of the ACC and they saw that the conference uh, was taking like a school like fucking UConn and that they're that, and the ACC <laughs> was getting no respect, that, that was the issue back then. The ACC had no respect in football at all, uh, and, and Florida State was worried that if they went undefeated, you know, they wouldn't even get a chance at title game. And you know, since then, a lot has improved for the ACC. Florida State got their title, so it's, it's night and day, really. But back then, it was. The ACC has looked on pretty horribly, and, and those schools were tired of the, the conference focusing really on you know the round ball and not football. And and uh, and I still think you know had the Big Twelve been proactive, got to sixteen or got to fourteen, they could have maybe convinced Florida State to join. Maybe maybe Florida State you know went to the SEC or maybe Clemson goes to the Big Ten or something, and that whole ACC conference just falls apart. And then you're left with you know a, a good bounty of some programs you can pick. Instead, it looks like the Big Twelve is kind of the conference that. Is teetering. I'll give credit to TCU. I mean, when they went, I think they've really, they've really, you know, uh, maximized the potential for uh, for that move. Yeah, I think. And the sad thing for the Big Twelve at this point, 
look, those four schools, they come with some perks. Memphis is usually a, a you know, they're, they're generally a good basketball school. UC can put out good teams in both football and basketball. BYU comes with a big following. Houston's been trying to turn it around all the, you know, in both sports, uh, it, more in football recently. But those are not teams that are – it's not like – when Louisville went to the ACC, that was a big move. Um, so, the, it, you know, those aren't those blockbuster names that you had with, you know, realignment a few years ago, um, or at least over the last few years. So I don't think the Big 12 necessarily will get better, quote-unquote, but I think uh, – Overall, they might be able to gain a little bit more, just a, a touch more respect by at least having a conference championship game. Are you guys buying Oklahoma this season? I feel like it's a team that, you know, they're always tough in regular season, but it kind of reminds me of uh, like Cincinnati Bengals almost of college football, where they're just, <laughs> they're, I mean, they're worth nothing in the bowl, like bowl season. They, they've gone clowned by, they lost to Boise. They've gone clowned by West Virginia a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, you could make a laundry list, honestly, of teams that just came in and just beat the hell out of them in the postseason. I don't like Texas. I think Strong was kind of a meh hire for that program. Uh, I mean, maybe T- I, I want to say TCU. I mean, this is the year they finally do it. They're pretty. They've had some pretty close calls. Yeah. So Charlie Strong seems to me a good comparison to him. Seems like Rich Rodriguez, uh, you know, Rich Rodriguez, <laughs> yeah. who, who can succeed in the right program. You know, Rich Rodriguez, he succeeded, then he went to Michigan, he didn't succeed, and now he's in Arizona where he's succeeding again. Um, so I, I think Charlie Strong, I think he's got the wrong job right now. I think he's going to be ousted after this season. I don't see Texas really making a whole lot of strides forward, and I think that his time's running out. Oklahoma State has uh, the capability to be really good this year. Uh, they were good last year. They didn't lose a whole hell of a lot. Texas Tech and West Virginia, they're always interesting. Uh, West Virginia tends to just be that... You know, it's kind of a sloppy victory, but you know somehow they 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 tend to get it done from time to time. But overall, I think this year the big dogs are TCU and Oklahoma. It might sound silly considering Oklahoma still kind of has that core group together, but keep in mind TCU was without a starting quarterback, a starting receiver, and a lot of their starting defense when they played Oklahoma in Norman last year, and uh, they came a two-point conversion away at the end from beating them and knocking them out of national title contention. So this year, TCU's got a whole new look. They get a lot of guys back on the defense from injury. I think they're going to really improve the defense. Uh, they got a new quarterback. Um, they got a whole new cast on offense, but I'm not writing them off yet. Oklahoma's going to be the heavy favorite, and I can see why. But they have to go to TCU and play them. So uh, I'm not saying TCU will win the conference, but I think that's, that's going to be Oklahoma's biggest style. What about the uh, Big 12 game day experience? <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine it's nice and tech. I'd imagine Texas and Oklahoma put on pretty good shows. Oh, dude, we need Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Dude, Texas and Oklahoma for sure will be fun. Um, Can you imagine a West Virginia tailgate? Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia. It'd be, it'd be moonshine jugs and, like, muskets. <laughs> it'd be sloppy. Well, did you ever see those rankings at, like, the worst fan bases? Like the meanest fan bases proposing fans is like West Virginia, just because they're like, oh, no joke, throw like car batteries on the, uh, like the players. Like they've had games before Jesus. for basketball, at least, where Bob Huggins had to like, t- you know, tell the, the fan base and the students to just like stop throwing stuff on the field. Yeah, now that you mention it, I remember Bob Huggins doing that a couple of times. And he even is like a pretty like rowdy dude. So for if, if he's like, 
guys, like, settle down. You know you're, you've are you gone too far. We should make our way to Texas tailgate. Or Texas, Oklahoma. I feel like that would be a good time. Yeah, the only the only good tailgates have to be in, like, Texas and Oklahoma. That can, that can pretty much be it. Like, TCU, with their recent success, I would, like... I would imagine you would think that would be good because they're near Dallas. I mean, they're in Fort Worth, but it's Texas Christian, so how awesome is it really? You know, but they're the Horn Frogs, man. Like you, you have to have a good time. They're the I best players, so. Andy Dalton, and uh, he doesn't seem like a guy. Bullshit, LT, dude. Bullshit, LT. Dude, he, LT went to TCU before TCU was, you know, good. Doesn't count. He put him on the map, oh, okay. man. Don't don't tell me Andy Dalton put him on the map. You <laughs> <laughs> got, got him a BCS one. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. And then to finally wrap up a preview, let's just talk Pac-12 a little bit. West Coast, the best. West Coast, the best coast. Pac-12. This is the... Uh, God, but Pac-12 is better at, like... Winning generic sports like track and field, swimming. I think you know they they feel like everyone in the Olympics from a Pac-12 school, but for the life of them, I, I feel like you know they're in a slump in football and basketball, and it's uh, I don't see it improving. USC is the uh, I'm glad they're not top ten this year because they're annually seems to be like an overrated program. Stanford's the one to keep an eye on. The Pac-12 is soft enough that we, I think we could I think Stanford's going to emerge as a you know a top four team this year and, and make the playoffs. Dude, That's the, the Pac-12 is, list. yeah, no, it, it's like it's full of all these awesome like B B list teams, but they don't have any like A plus right. teams. Yeah, Stanford Stanford can make the case as A plus this year. This year, yes, <laughs> they got an all purpose legend on their team. Yeah, but what else do they have? Can you name another player? Because I sure can't. Well, to be fair, I, there there wasn't a whole lot of players I could name on the <laughs> hardball teams. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's just kind of it just kind of seems to be Stanford's mo. They don't do it, you know. They don't talk a lot. They, they just seem to have embraced the hardball personality as a university. <laughs> well, I mean, it's amazing how a team like Stanford. I I, just, I I just always have to you know give it you know applaud these academic schools that can put together football teams because like you know Duke's done in basketball, but basketball is a different animal. You only need like a couple players. At football, to play at the highest level, you know, routinely, you need. Like a legit, yeah, solid thirty man, you know, eleven. Yeah, I mean, you have to be two deep at like guys. every position. Yeah, and yeah. it's right. it's just it's just nuts that Stanford has like, really just you know just came on the football scene in the past decade and has done a good job staying. And I think you know I saw once Pete Carroll left at USC, there was a major power vacuum there. Um, and I it, it's just neat that you know Stanford's the one that kind of came out and and you look at their schedule this year, they're. It's pretty favorable. I mean, they, they got a big home game against uh, USC. The second week of the season, that one, if they can pull off that win, it's really all downhill, uh, you know, in terms of just easiness and can really put them in the, in the limelight of a you know championship run. Uh, they do have a road game with Notre Dame. That's something that, you know, it might be that, – that's, that's one of those games, I think, that you can see the uh, potential, like, spoiler there just because Domers under Kelly are pretty, pretty damn good, and, and they uh, got that game at home. Yeah, Stanford is one of those. First of all, uh, time for a hot take, and I've got a couple of them with uh, Pac-12. Uh, first of all, out of the South, I'm actually—I'd say Utah is going to come out of the South this year. Uh, I, I'm just—I'm looking up and down, and uh, Arizona State—I'm brushing them aside. Colorado, I'll brush them aside. 
I mentioned Rich Rodriguez in Arizona before. I like what they're doing, but they've just never really been able to put it together. Um, the last couple, uh, they've been so good for a stretch, and then really bad for another stretch. Um, and then Utah's just got such a, you know, USC and UCLA finished that out. Uh, and both of those teams, I think UCLA, I think I heard USC's really young. They've got mostly freshmen and sophomores, so they're a year away. And then I just, I trust Utah more than I do UCLA as a football school. So, you know, I got Utah, I think, is going to be a tough, you know, they, they could end up really making a shocking run to the top four. Um, the only I think the only game they really have that's tough on the road is uh, UCLA. They get Oregon at home. They get USC at home. Um, I think at least I think the tougher uh, Arizona school is at home. So um, but I, I think overall Sanford is going to be the class of that conference. Uh, they, they seem to have the best team put together, but watch out for Washington. Um, that would be yeah, my I've mini. That too. My mini hot take. Uh, Chris Peterson is out there now, and he's evidently putting together something pretty good. Uh, again, like like Utah, they've got they're pretty favorable schedule wise. Uh, Washington, I think they're really of all those teams they could play. Oregon's the only one they get on the road. So uh, I think they were like seven and six last year, so they weren't great, but. I, I've heard Chris Peterson's putting together some good stuff with Washington, but they're in the north with Stanford, so I think that that's just going to be their roadblock. I love that. I love that Washington call. Um, I'm a big Peterson fan. He did some great things with Boise. Uh, he's had a couple years now at uh, Washington. They haven't had that big season yet, but I think there's evidence that they're getting that you know the, the kind of roster he wants there. They've actually done a pretty good job, um, you know, attracting talent, and that's also a program with you know some history and some fan support. That's kind of overlooked sometimes, um, and I, you know there's a lot of room, especially with Oregon probably having a down year this year, and you're not really seeing much from other programs like Arizona, Arizona State, Cal that sometimes put together good years. There, there is some room to you know, for them I think to make a really strong case at maybe being the second best team in the conference. It's just uh, a lot of opportunity if if you're able to capture it in the big the Pac-12 this year. Well, and, and what I've seen with you know Washington and Stanford, they play. Uh, at the end of September, they're they're one of the prime time games. They play at nine o'clock. It's in Washington, so it's a Friday. Um, it's a Friday night game. Yeah, so it, it's by no means a lock hmm. for uh, you know. Obviously, I could have said that if it was at Stanford, but uh, you know, prime time game on a Friday night. You Dude, know, funky the, the, things the happen. Hopping. Yeah, those weeknight. I feel I feel like those weeknight home like late night prime time games just funky shit happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is there has has there been a time in the past like five years that like no one is afraid of Oregon anymore? Like they're such an afterthought at this point. That that's kind of the shocking thing for me in the Pac-12. Like since Chip Kelly's left, they've really just kind of started slowly taking a dive. Yeah, well, given- I could, I, I, I kind of figured that would happen. Um, I, you know that they've had that offense going for. For so long, and I think didn't they graduate? What was his name? Vernon Adams, um, the quarterback from last year. I think he graduated, so they're down a lot of players. Um, I can't even name their coach anymore. I, us- I usually know who he is. I'm, I'm blank. I know what he looks like. I just can't think of his name. <laughs> can't think of his name. I think he's been writing the last couple years. He's had some pretty decent success, which you know I think that was with what was left of Chip Kelly's teams uh, right. in his recruiting classes. So. Uh, I think Oregon's going to take a downturn, and then they're uh, once Chip Kelly fails out in San Francisco, uh, maybe <laughs> he'll home. just maybe he'll be coaxed right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It looks like Chip Kelly, uh, he could he could easily make his way back to the college scene. 
that'd be about the only way I can see like Oregon coming back. Like at this point, like I don't know if they're selling people just off of like these sweet ass jerseys anymore. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> doing it. Dude, they never say never. They still have that Nike money, and they still have a pretty cool uh, thing. <laughs> I think they've like ran out of color combinations though. Like I don't, I don't think they can do any different ones at this point. <laughs> and Stanford had a good year last year, but by no means they have like an iron grip on the uh, the pack the conference. Especially when McCaffrey might, you know, graduate soon. Um, no, no means they have an iron grip on that conference like you see with maybe Oklahoma in the Big 12 or Alabama in the uh, SEC. Yeah, Stanford's got it tough this year. They, Like I said earlier, they have Washington on the road, UCLA and Notre Dame are on the road, Arizona and Oregon are both on the road. I mean, they've got a tough go this year, so... Um, while I, I mean, Stanford, I think, is tough enough to run through it, and I don't think the Pac-12 is... You know, this isn't like Alabama running through LSU and Ole Miss and all the rest of them. Um, but you know, it's not going to be easy for Stanford to run through that conference. But uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to take them, and uh, they'll be uh, what I think is going to be my last top four pick of of the evening. So overall, you guys want to make a uh, predict on this? What four teams you have in the playoffs? Hmm. I think if I ran through it, uh, I'd say Clemson. Well, I guess before gonna... that, maybe. Hold on, real quick. Before that, maybe like, do you guys think that any uh, any? I guess do you think there's like any predetermined like? Obviously, probably an SEC school is going to get in. Like, probably a Big Ten school is going to get in. Like, that might be a place to start too. Well, well I, I think those two conferences, and I would say the Pac-12 is a pretty safe bet. And and as it has been, well, and you know what? No, it's. I mean, the ACC this year is. I mean, there's ACC no way that safe. conference goes unrecognized. So I mean, really, what you're coming down to, it seems like, is, is it going to be the Big Twelve winner? Or is it going to be the Pac Twelve winner? And I think right now the the yeah. leader is going to be the Pac Twelve. And I think it's. I love to see the Big Twelve get some egg on the face with, uh, you know, not having <laughs> enough teams, not having that conference championship game, and not being able to get that step and. If Oklahoma wins out, they'll probably get in. But um, but I mean, you're right. Like, I I think I don't I don't see Oklahoma running the table this year. I don't see TCU running the table this year. I could see TCU winning the Big Twelve, but I like the ACC winner just because I feel like there's such a gap between Clemson, Florida State, and everyone else. Um, SEC, there's just too much respect that conference has, where you could have maybe a two loss if if done right. You know, Alabama team. Well, didn't they do that last year? Wasn't it a two-loss Alabama team that snuck in like at the yeah, three yeah. or four? Didn't they, they? I think they got three too. I don't even think they got four. Yeah, or, or like an LSU team. I mean, there's just too much respect in that conference. I think right now, um, the Pac-12 is one of those things though, where if Stanford drops, if Stanford loses one game, they're not going to get it. It's, it's, I think I yeah, Stanford screwed. or bust. Just because that's see what's what. that's what's really tough about picking some of these teams is, you know, uh, the Big Twelve I think by far would be the weakest mind i don't I, again this isn't you know a prediction but you know don't ignore houston we're not even talking about houston because they're in the houston. american if houston, uh, houston and notre dame both could make a lot of noise if i mean notre dame's supposed to have a pretty good thing going right now so uh you know those two teams could also screw things up pretty badly for for the top four so i think if if i'm if i'm counting right in my head so i think if i'm choosing my conference winners um you know, Clemson, LSU, Michigan, Stanford, Oklahoma, and then Houston and Notre Dame. There's seven teams there for four spots. Um, 
I mean, I, you know, Houston and Notre Dame, I don't think are going to be factors in the end. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the Stanford pick is going to beat out an Oklahoma or DCU unless one of those two teams miraculously run the table. Because if they both have one loss, Stanford's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I, I might, I'm, I'm honestly kind of tempted to put Houston in my playoffs just because if they beat Oklahoma that week, week one, uh, all eyes are on them. And Oklahoma, I think, usually comes out of the gate pretty strong, those openers. Um, but if they can get that game, I mean, looking at their schedule, it's not bad, but it's also, it's it's also, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it's easy, American Conference easy, but there's games against programs like Cincinnati, like Navy, uh, like I think, you know, UCF and Louisville. Where these are wins that will keep them in the spotlight. It's not like Boise State back in the old days, where Boise State would start the season off with the game against Georgia, um, beat them, and then go to playing like Fresno State and Idaho. These are teams that Houston would probably be playing some, you know, top twenty-five teams or fringe top twenty-five teams, or at the very least, programs like Cincinnati, Navy, that historically go to bowl games, historically, uh, you know, win bowl games. You know, maybe small bowl games, but they're still relevant programs. If, if they beat Oklahoma that week one, um, that scene that's going to be, you know, catapulted probably, uh, you know, in, in that in that in that picture. Um, and then look in the Big Ten. There's a lot of uncertainty going to the top with a lot of programs. So, you know, you could easily make the case that they could beat each other up. But I, I want to say this is the year Michigan does it. It's just they got to play at Michigan State, which is tough, and they got to play at Ohio State. So, like, while you think this is the year they to that step forward, I just I just can't see. I mean, they're three of their last five games at Michigan State, at Iowa, at Ohio State. Like, goddamn, if they can get there, and that doesn't even include the Big Ten Championship game. If, if they can get through that, then by all means, they'd put them in the playoffs. But uh, you might have to stick with the, the Buckeyes here, or maybe or maybe Michigan State. Um, so I'd take Houston, Michigan State, Alabama, and then you got to go with the ACC winner just because whoever floors there, Clemson, it's kind of smooth sailing for one of those schools. I'll just pick Clemson. <laughs> Didn't you pick LSU to come out of the SEC? No, I picked <laughs> Bama. I, I say in Bama. You oh, did you? LSU. I want. I uh, for LSU. I can't saying, remember. I picked Bama until proven otherwise. I've been. I've been hurt. Too oh many yeah, times. that's right. That's right. I've been hurt too many times. That's funny. Um, yeah, I think. I think I. I'd say from one to four, probably Clemson, uh, Michigan, LSU, and Stanford. I think it's going to be a one-loss Stanford, at least. Uh, I think Clemson's going to run the table. Uh, Michigan, I think they'll run the table. Did and then the I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU has a loss in there, but still wins the SEC and and, and ends up in the top four. Well, and I'd say Michigan. that's out of one-loss Big 12 champion. Michigan's schedule is so back-heavy. Uh, I mean, you're looking at arguably four top ten opponents in the last uh last six games i mean yeah. it'll I mean, be tough not one of not one of those in the big house either Oof. so yeah i mean if 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 my rankings were to be correct what's that my god what the hell did i say michigan and lsu and then uh clemson and stanford i mean jesus stanford's a good shot i mean stanford they can yeah i mean i like a stanford pick i just think stanford's a team that doesn't have uh much, much, you know, while Bama and LSU can afford some, some hurdle, uh, you know, pickups, Stanford doesn't have that long of a leash. I think it's but, funny that last year Stanford lost two games, and, I mean, really they can't, I mean, they were so close to still being in the top four, 
Like I, I remember last year watching Desmond Howard pick Stanford as his champion. They proceeded to lose on the opening weekend at Northwestern <laughs> in a horrible game. I think it was like fourteen to seven. It was a boring. Well, Northwestern kind of shot out of the gate last year. They were well, yeah, as they are ones to do, and then they lost like four out of six towards the back end. Um, Dude, that's yeah, why, that's what bugs me a lot about these. Like they everyone loads the schedule in the front, and then they, like, throw those games out at the end of the year. They're like, oh, first week, the team's grown since then, blah, blah, blah. So, like, right, totally yeah. irrelevant. Like, we, could, we could dedicate a whole episode on the politics of college football and how stupid it is that a loss early yeah. on is, you know, overlooked. Well, if you have a loss at the end of the season, like, oh, you're done. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's certainly the case. That's why Ohio State has a national championship. Yeah, well, last Rick, couple Rick, years. Rick, we're glad you were able to join us on this podcast tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he, did he pass out yet? <laughs> oh, I'm getting ready. Dude, getting high and doing these things is not fun at all. I think, <laughs> I, think Rick, I think Rick only talked like Big Ten tailgating and then just passed out after that. <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to concentrate when like you're high. And not oh, no, dude. Rick Rick brought some valuable insight to the Duke Hesne. Yeah. Duke or whatever it is. Duke, Duke and E's takes. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. I idiot, but yeah, I am. All right, so that I think that wraps up our college football preview. Uh, hope hope you enjoyed that. We have our NFL one, you know, coming up pretty soon, along with a fantasy football preview. I think we're also gonna be planning on doing a live draft uh, podcast episode. So be on the lookout for that. You know, if you want to listen to the show, you can go to our website foulmouthfootball.com. There's also iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, SoundCloud, just whatever. Just Google, you know, Google Fly Math Football. You'll find us on like 10 different sites. Uh, you know, if you want to write on the show, tweet at us at FoulmouthFootballPod. That's, you know, Twitter sign at FoulmouthPod. We love hearing from our fans. You know, give us a follow and we can mention what you're saying on air. Uh, I mean, I think it's good. Does anyone else have any, any other takes? Uh, I heard uh, Fox Sports is picking us up soon, I think. Is that true? <laughs> Fox Sports, dude, I, I, I just, that'd be awesome. I think we're slotted up to Cowherd. I don't know. There's actually a lot. If anyone leaving ESPN, ESPN's like the Big Twelve of uh, sports networks. Everyone just, everyone just trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, they're right just now. gathering all these shit teams. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. That's about. Hey, hey, Big Ten fans wear cargo shorts. Big Ten. <laughs> all right, so Rick's made shorts. his feelings about Big Ten clear. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, that's a wrap. Join us next week, guys.